You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Linton Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. everybody. We are thankful that you are here and, and joining us. My name is Dan Christ. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and I have the privilege of uh, interviewing Jeff Myers. Now, we've been doing this through the, the season of Lent and just getting underneath a little bit the, the sermons and, and thinking about what they're about and how they impact us. And sermons often are, are things we, we hear we don't actually have time to digest them. So this gives us a little bit more time to digest and, and get a little bit deeper than, than what Jeff's able to do with his amazing stories and anecdotes. And so we, we probe a little bit to kind of find out what's, what's gone into the thinking and, and how we're meant to apply these things. So that's what we're doing through the season of Lent. We've got, how many more of these do we have? Just next week is... We're doing yeah, I think well. one or two, I think. Yeah, one or two more, right. So yesterday, the sermon was plane, trains, and automobiles. Is that right? Oh, what? no. It was Mad Libs, Cribs, and Crying Kids. I knew, it was, I knew it was something like that. I knew it was similar to that. And it was, so the scripture was from James chapter one. And you, you kind of highlight, let me read a little bit of James chapter one. So this is really what you highlight. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. And so your sermon really focused on the issue of anger more than anything. And I just, you know, when you're reading that scripture, those two quick verses, there's a lot that you could pull on that. Why do you think that anger was something that, that you were drawn to? And why was that something you felt like needed to be highlighted for us? Well, so, you know, we've been doing the sermon series, Less is More. And so I was trying to think of, um, honestly, when I picked the scripture, I was, I picked it because I thought it was, it spoke really directly about anger. And I think in our culture right now and in the world, anger is something we're seeing, I mean, really prevalent in a lot of people's lives. And I think we're all impacted, whether it's in the news or the airport or in traffic. And so I thought, well, why don't we spend a little time reflecting on what anger is, why it's bad, how it inhibits us from being um, all who God calls us to be. Right. But I mean, anger is an emotion. It's a God-given emotion. So, you know, this talks about, it says be slow to get angry. It doesn't say eliminate anger from, from who you are. Like there, there are, I mean, if, if we're frustrated or annoyed at uh, the un- injustice that we see in, that's happening in Ukraine or other parts of the world, you know, we, we can look at uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and say, you know, he had reason to be angry for the way that, you know, African-Americans were, were being treated and, and all those kind of things. 
So anger is not necessarily bad all the time. It, and it doesn't say not do it. It says be slow to get anger. So how is, you know, what's the nuance there? Yeah, that's a great distinction, uh, Dan. I think, I think anger is, is a fine emotion. I just think what it does is it off, when, when it takes the driver's seat of our lives, it makes us do things or say things that we otherwise wouldn't say or do. It makes us impetuous. Um, and so, and if we're driven by anger, oftentimes we don't even think about it. So that, I mean, part of my idea was just to get us to think about anger and does it have control over our lives? Are we angry people? Um, and then how is that motivate us and maybe make us do things that we don't want to do and i think it's it's yeah like you said it's it's not like we're ever going to become like rid anger from our lives i think anger is a, i think you know it's good to be angry there's righteous anger we call it um and and i think james gets at that point well by saying like you said be slow to anger so that and i think you know this truth isn't reserved for christianity i cited aristotle you know, who's reflects a lot on about anger and um, to be angry at the right, you know, at the right object in the right way in the right amount at the right time, that's difficult. And so uh, I think it was, hopefully we can uh, reflect on that and, um, and kind of focus when we do get angry that it's in, it's in the right way. You know, when you think about anger as an emotion and you're right in saying, you know, it seems like some people are are angry a lot or we just have anger in our lives and yet if you kind of dig a little deeper anger is oftentimes the expressed emotion but it's not the root of the emotion oftentimes what's expressed as anger is fear or disappointment or frustration or all sorts of things that get expressed as anger and oftentimes it's in those instances when i'm i'm really hurt or i'm frightened or I'm whatever that the anger comes out and actually a really negative way rather than again you know having righteous anger like this is an injustice or this is wrong and I need to speak about this it's different than you know I feel betrayed or I you know I feel like I'm losing all the time or they're getting getting the best of me so how do you distinguish when in your own life you know when anger is appropriate and when it's a misguided kind of emotion that's that's actually expressing something else that's a great point dan and i was um in my research i think i saw some psychologists call it uh, uh anger is like a secondary emotion that you have something going on and then anger it gets expressed as anger and i was thinking um with my wife uh, you know i've i've had like a rough day at work you know maybe dealing with some really difficult situations not knowing what to do um and been frustrated one way or another and i'll come home and i'll yell at my wife and she'll be like why are you yelling at me like what is this about and i realize and in in my better moments i'm able to self-reflect and say oh it has nothing to do with you i apologize this is this is not the way to behave but you know i think we've all seen people in like public or whatever that will see anger and we'll be like something must be going on with that guy or that gal um because it the 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 level of anger and emotion doesn't match, you know, the situation. And so there's something else going on. And so I think anger is a helpful way to say what is going on and how can I deal with it in the appropriate and proper way? Yeah, I think you're right. And we've seen that a lot recently. 
and potentially again the the underlying emotion you know we've everyone worldwide has lost a lot in the last two years right we, you know we've been we've lost people you know through through death and sickness in in covid we've lost relationships we've been isolated and separated and all kinds of and then we get out and we put people in a flying tin can on an airplane and we see that people just freak out about wearing a mask or whatever because again i you know i've been whatever the government or somebody has been telling me what to do for the last two years and i'm just fed up i can't do it anymore and it's expressed and then of course then the marshals come and escort them off the plane and you yeah. know, we go you know but like you said yesterday he's like you know chill out <laughs> but again when you're feeling that how do you chill out well i mean like i used uh yesterday that kind of the example of you know taking care of a, a, a baby you know that you know the advice given to me was put the baby down and walk away right. and i think sometimes it's like walk away from the situation what if you find yourself getting overwhelmed with anger you've got to change the situation you got to walk away you got to time out i know people you know say you know if they're angry at their children you know walk away and count to 10 or count to to 100 and then come and deal with the situation because you it's you know by yelling or screaming or going off the handle it's not going to help the situation and then i think so partially i think in in the moment that kind of walking away putting the baby down is one thing we can do but i think long term you have to build habits of patience so i think uh, learning how to get control of your emotions um so I think honestly, uh, silent meditation, contemplation is a real key way. Um, you know, scripture memory, uh, memorization, you know, ways that you, you learn how to control your body and yourself. Um, and that, and then you become a more patient person so that you're not flying off the handle that you have control of, of anger. Um, and I think honestly, Dan, I mean, a lot of people have gone through, we talked about the last two years. But, you know, in our lives, a lot of people have gone through trauma and they become angry people because of trauma that's not been dealt with. And so people need to go to therapy, come and see a pastor. Um, and I think that, that that kind of work needs to be done too. So that, the, like you said, the, that first emotion, that underlying situation or problem can be dealt with and resolved um, that won't lead to anger. Right. So as we're doing that work, I mean, and, and without dismissing the, the times when we do need professional outside help, whatever that, whether it be kind of therapy, seeing a counselor or coming, you know, for a pastoral visit or those kind of things. At the same time, you know, the people that are listening to us now are likely people of faith. Mm -hmm. And how should our faith kind of shape us in a way? Now, again, not to say, well, you're a person of faith, just suck it up and the Holy Spirit, you know, so don't, you don't need professional help. There, I mean, there's that mindset is out there and that's nonsense. But at the same time, we have, you know, we believe that the spirit is alive and active. And so how should that be altering kind of the way we process faith and, you know, how to, you know, how to deal with it? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, having an active prayer life, I think being surrounded by a community of people who are not angry, you know, if, if you have, let's say a community group you meet with regularly and they're patient people i think it makes you more patient if you see behavior um and somebody like 
you know, I've seen this, somebody who's had, maybe has been sick, struggling, like, battling cancer or, uh, or something, and you see somebody patient and not angry through that, it tends, you may tend to go with your own life, go, doggone it. That person can be patient and long suffering. Uh, <laughs> the person that cut me off in traffic, I probably don't need to go off on them because, you know, like if they are not complaining, getting angry, I surely shouldn't get complaining and angry. Um, yeah. And, I, and honestly, I think I've known a lot of folks that have really grown up and matured in their lives. Um, they, they've told me, I used to be a really angry teenager, or I used to be very angry in my 20s. And they've done the hard work over time to become more patient and less angry. And I think, um, I was, you know, we were talking about John Wooden the other day, the famous basketball coach. And I read that, um, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar book, Coach Wooden and Me. Mm -hmm. He tells a story I'd never heard, that when Coach Wooden was a high school coach, he punched one of his players one time. Yeah. Could you imagine if that happened today? He, the, one of the, the, probably the greatest college coach uh, you know, in basketball history, punched one of his players. I mean, that's just, I, that, I couldn't believe, I had to read that page over like a like hundred times because I was like, what? But, you know, you see John Wooden grew up. You know, we think about the pyramid of success and all this, and he was able to show progress. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar does a fantastic job in that book saying, look how far Coach Wooden came. He didn't stay where he was. And I think anger is one of those things we can really get a hold on if we practice and we do the work we need to do, I think um, it can really lead to us flourishing. And guess what? Like who wants more angry people in their lives? Like, you know, I, I would, I'd love to have, I'd love to have my family more angry, you know, no, we want to be surrounded by people that are not angry. And I think, um, I think it will really help us flourish and our friendships relationships grow as well. And there are definitely, as we've seen very, very recently, sometimes consequences for lashing out in anger, like, you know, the Oscars last week, you know, I, it's quite possible that Will Smith, I mean, is justified in his anger, like, you know, because of his wife's condition and all those kind of things. And yet the way he lashed out again, brings all, all the focus now comes on him and he's got to deal with the backlash. And we see that all the time. Yeah. So the book of James is a very practical book. And so it's interesting how he starts this verse. You know, he says, you know, be slow to anger. But what should we do instead of that? Well, he starts with be quick to listen. Mm. You know, so again, it, it's as if he understands this moment in time right now where society is so polarized, where there's so much, you know, tension and people trying to get convince others to, to see things and see the world as they see them. And mm -hmm. so that's what's causing all this anger. And he's saying, no, 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 hang on a minute. Be quick to listen, like make most of your energy towards listening and understanding and slow to anger. If we take that time to process in that way, that transforms the conversation that transforms in a lot of instances, again, what actually occurs in the relationships. I mean, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think what, what we tell our middle schoolers, like, you know, God, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? You know, like um, portion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that should be our kind of a rule of thumb, uh, if you will. And I think, um, yeah, I, and to really listen to somebody is a, a true gift. And, you know, I think a lot of us, hear kind of the background noise but how many of us are truly listening to someone when we speak 
or when they speak to us. Um, and I think in trying to uh, listening for understanding and not just, you know, to respond, you know, even like right now, Dan, uh, you know, as you're talking, I'm trying to listen to you, but I'm trying to think about what I'm going to say next. Right. Right. Well, we're kind of on the hot seat right now. Cause you know, you've got thousands of people listening to you. So yeah. You know, right. So, well, I think, how can we become better listeners? Um, how can I, can I listen to you in a way that I can, and if we're having an argument or conversation about something, can I listen to you in such a way that I can restate what your claim is back to you? And that you say, yes, that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say. That's like kind of my barometer if you're a good listener. Um, and, and so I think, um, and anger prevents you from doing that. Like anger, anger is one of those emotions that it just kind of crowds everything else out and it prevents you from being able to listen charitably listening for understanding and you're and james is like james i like james you know you know martin luther didn't like it too much <laughs> but i like it because it's real practical Kierkegaard right. actually loved james he, right. he preached from james all the time wrote about james but i like because it it's like your faith should make a difference in the world and in your life it should be lived out um and i think anger is one of those emotions that prevents your faith from be really being fully expressed through your life yeah yeah because again it, it gets confused with other things right mm -hmm. and again i think it's not as if we have to prevent all anger you know there's people that live in a health unhealthy way that way as well right they just don't express anger ever you ever met people like that yep. but inside i mean they die of stress essentially yep. because it's never kind of expressed and we see in the life of christ that there were just times when he was rather annoyed you know yep. and expressed anger and you know particularly when he saw it impacting other people and other you know how it was harming or injustice in some way to, to others was when he really you know gave, gave notice took right task very rarely does he respond in anger not no time that i can think of when it's in regards to him and how he is and how he's feeling you know he did think about what he could have done when he's being beaten or yep. all you know when he's crucified and yet did none of those things and responded you know, with peace and benevolence and, yeah, and calm. And that's often not the way we do things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and somebody mentioned this, I we celebrated communion yesterday and there are comments before communion, you know, in, in scripture, especially in the old Testament, kind of the stereotype version is that God is wrathful. You know, sometimes you'll hear about the God of the old Testament is full of wrath. Well, Karl Barth used to say, the great Swiss theologian used to say, whenever we read about God's wrath, we should, we should, we could also insert God's wrath is the burning fire of God's love. God's wrath is the burning fire of God's love. What does that mean? It means the, anytime we see anger or wrath attributed to God, it's surrounded in love. It's for the purpose of reconciliation. You look, God gets angry with the Israelites, but it's because they've broken the covenant and he's like, come home, come back. Right. Um, and for Jesus, yes, Jesus gets angry, but that anger is always surrounded in love. It always serves the purposes of love. And I think for us, it's really helpful for us to remember that, yes, it's, I can get angry, um, but is my anger serving the goals, the purposes of love, of charity, um, of reconciliation? And if so, I think that's a proper anger. 
and it's in its proper place. We might call it a righteous anger. But if as soon as it takes over and we forget about love and wrath or anger is not governed by love, that's when we really get into trouble. Right. And I think you're absolutely right about um, pent up anger that like, you know, that's not good either. And so we need to find appropriate places um, and people uh, to share it with. And I think, you know, one of the great things about a church community is a place they hopefully we know people you can go in and say, I'm really angry about this. Can I share it with you? Can I get this off my chest? I'm yeah. frustrated. Um, and then that can serve the bigger purposes uh, of love and of charity. Right. And again, I think there's a distinction between we all, the English language in some ways is, is not sufficient, but there's a difference between anger and rage. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, I think a lot of what we see again on, on social media or the arguments you hear between those that think they're progressive and those that are conservative, there's no listening. There's just a whole lot of rage. You know, like you're you're stealing from me, you're taking my life, you're eliminating the possibility for me to live as I want to live, or you're dictating to me how life is supposed to be, how you want me to live, all those kinds of things. There's very little listening. There's no, again, it's not a dialogue at all. There's no, yeah. it's just, you know, me kind of verbally attacking someone else because I feel threatened by them. And again, that's that root cause. It's the, I feel threatened. Well, you know? yeah. And anger sells really well. Yes. Right. If you can tap into people's anger, right. They will, they will listen. They will tune in. They want to, you know, they, they want to buy your product. Right. Um, and so that's self-perpetuating. Right. Yeah. And, and I think as you're alluding to in our culture, we've gotten to this place where everybody's angry kind of about something and well, okay, but how are we going to like resolve some of the challenges and issues we have? We have real stuff to deal with. And just being angry all the time is not going to, it's not going to move the ball forward. Right. And so I think how can we um, be the kind of people that can get control of our anger and, um, and then, and then move uh, to, to accomplish the goals we have to, to resolve um, the issues we we have to resolve and um, meet the challenges of today. So I think, um, but it's not easy because if you're an angry person, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough. You got to do the hard, hard work of, of getting control of it. And I think there's an underlying fear potentially, like maybe they're listening to this discussion right now, or they heard your sermon yesterday and they're like, you know, I am a little bit too angry. Or I, you know, I do kind of lash out without thinking. And I do actually don't, you know, I do actually lash out before I think. It says be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I do the opposite. But the underlying fear there is that, yeah, but if I, if I do it in the order that James suggests, and I actually just listen and don't wait for my opportunity to kind of get a get a zinger and or get a shot in all because stuff people are just going to walk all over me mm -hmm. i think you i think it was you yesterday or maybe it was in the prayer of confession that we addressed you like oh it was it was in the prayer that we've confused meekness with weakness uh -huh. they're not the same thing right yeah i always so, think meekness yeah. is like you know power under control 
you know, right. the, or strength under control, um, where weakness is just not being strong. Right. Yeah. And there's a, again, so the underlying fear is potentially if, if I don't lash out, if I don't stand up for myself, if I don't, you know, express to them how I really feel, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to get walked all over or whatever. But again, that's, that's not the message one that comes from James or that you're suggesting that potentially there's great power in dealing with anger appropriately, even more power in some ways, yeah. because again, you've maintained control and then potentially it, it alters the conversation that we have in such a way that, wait a minute, I was expecting you to come at me and you didn't. And now I don't know what to do. Well, I have to, I have to actually listen to something you're saying because I expected you to, you know, yeah. You ready to launch? Yeah. And I, I just think there's rarely does anger make a bad situation better. Like, you know, in my life and in, I look at the world, I mean, it just seems like, well, that was, I got really angry and usually I overreacted, you know, I'm a great overreactor. And so, and then it just made a bad situation worse. Um, and so I'm, I was just, you know, hoping that we can be the kind of people in the, in RPC can be the kind of church and community where we, you know, our kids, we're, we're, we're showing them and modeling a way that doesn't give in to anger, but it's appropriately balanced in our lives with the other things that we, that we care about. So how would you, how would you hope to see that? How would you hope to see us as, as adults in the church demonstrating to children and young people that are coming through the church like this is an appropriate way when you know we know in this church there's there's a whole spectrum of beliefs and ideologies and thinking about all sorts of things that yet we're together as one family you know how do we model that yeah so i i mean i think honestly um let's, let's go to something like uh, sunday school i hope you know i I can't tell you how many times I got kicked out of Sunday school and how much like growing up and I was just a troublemaker. I just had, you know, I was, I was creative and motivated to disrupt. <laughs> and, um, and so, but people showed Sunday school teachers showed such great patience with me, not yelling at me, not getting angry, but saying, okay, this is not appropriate. Let's go outside for a timeout or, or Jeff, you, you know, you're going to have to go with your parents. Um, but not, you know, but showing a level of patience, which demonstrated that they cared about me, but also said your behavior is not acceptable. Okay. Right. So I think, uh, you know, how we treat our kids, I think, honestly, and the prayer confession every Sunday, I, you know, those are, we're not just going through the emotions. Right. Those are really important that we say, we've been an angry people, and we need to confess that, you know, that, that we, we're, we admit, yes, it's there, but it's not okay. Right. Um, and so that we're really upfront about our failings in that area. I can't remember if I told you um, <laughs> this a church I was out in Seattle. There's a, a famous story where one of the associate pastors was doing the prayer of confession um, on a Sunday morning. And it was a really memorable one. He gets up and, you know, usually, you know, read through it or whatever. And he was, um, and he had during the, he said, so he was like, let's bow for the prayer of confession. And he says, um, Lord, would you forgive us for our anger um, and forgive me for punching a hole in the wall this morning at breakfast? <laughs> and everybody kind of looks up from the prayer of confession. It's like, what? But it was his vulnerability in right. saying, I got really exceedingly angry and it was not righteous. <laughs> and, 
And that was wrong. But his vulnerability, I guarantee you, everyone remembers being in that church service. And now they think about, I, I don't, you know, that's not okay. And so being the kind of people that can confess that and be vulnerable, um, I think will help us all move together and encourage each other to grow um, in patience and in faith. Yeah. Yep. That's powerful. And I think it's also powerful that you, you recognize that sometimes, whether we like to admit it or not, or, or want to accept it or not, when we're in a, a worship service or whatever, and we're following the liturgy, that sometimes those things aren't as real as they could be. And yet that confession is meant to be something that's, again, we're not just going through the motions there. Like, like we consider what we're actually confessing, like who we are and recognize God, we're not who you created us to be. And we have injured people this week through thought, word, and deed, or inaction. There's all sorts of things. And I think that's a really powerful message as well. To teach our young people, like this is not just liturgy. This is just not kind of rote learning. Like these are genuine confessions that we share together corporately out loud to say to everyone else in the room, hey, we're all in this together. We're all in the same boat and we're all working and encouraging each other to become yeah. who God created us to be. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, I agree too. And I, we're not just going, I mean, this is, it's important for people to go to church, to be in church. We're not just going through the motions. You're not just getting like a religious like ticket, you know, that you can kind of put your gold star, you know? Um, no, this we're forming people and over, over the, the hundreds of church services you go to over the years are going to have a forming impact on you. If you take them seriously and you, and you confess, you feel called to worship, you receive, um, God's pardon. You know, you hear that good news and you're formed as a human being and hopefully into a, a fuller, more freer, more loving person. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And as a consequence, again, some of it comes down to us, you know, most of the time now, even as one of the pastors, I'm sitting listening to your messages or I'm, you know, I'm participating in some way to leave the service and say, well, that was nice. I feel good about that and never think about it again. But there should be, again, after yesterday's sermon, it should give me pause throughout the day, or maybe I write some things down or I journal a couple of things, say, you know, I need to be more aware or alert to the ways that I express anger mm. inappropriately. And yeah. again, that's how it forms and shapes us. Like it's not just because I showed up at church. It's because what happened there? How did the spirit move me? Or what was the message that, that the spirit gave me through Jeff or whoever's preaching and that stuff? And what am I to do with that? Yep. Amen. Yep. Awesome. All right. So we're kind of out of time, but I, I really got a question. I got to ask. So not everyone, people are listening, didn't hear the story. So you had a little bit of a joke yesterday about, you know, your birthing classes and all that kind of stuff and, and jokes about a basketball player's name. So you wanted to share that for those who haven't heard it. And I've got a follow-up question. Yes, I said, uh, <laughs> nothing like quoting myself, but I said, uh, 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 Braxton Hicks is not a basketball player. And the funny thing was, in all four services, I noticed the women laughed a lot louder than the men did. Because the women actually know what Braxton Hicks is. <laughs> the men are actually thinking, wasn't he a basketball player? That's why. <laughs> so my question, after I heard that, and then I realized, oh, I've got to interview Jeff today. I, I'm, I'm really wondering, like you... You have a son, 
And I, why didn't you name him Braxton Hicks Myers? I mean, that, how classic would that be? Because then he's probably going to play basketball as a young man. He's going to be tall like his dad and all that kind of stuff. And and then it's, it's like the perfect name for a basketball player. Like you said, it's it would have been – and the story would have been so much more powerful. Like, matter of fact, I felt, felt so strongly about that Braxton Hicks was a basketball player. I named my son that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, I don't know how it works in your family, but – I don't get a lot of say at the table when it came to naming our children. So <laughs> I'm the same. That's that's how it works. I'm not in the driver's seat. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> we understand. Well, Jeff, I think this has been a, a good conversation. And again, I hope and I, you know, I found it valuable even talking about it again. And so I hope that listeners have, have found it valuable as well. Is there anything else that you just kind of like to share to, to wrap up to say, hey, you know, this week be conscious of this or be thinking about this or be praying about this is there anything you'd like to share well i think i would just give a preview to next sunday um that uh now that we've resolved and rid anger from our lives now we can kind of move on to the next um the next vice of pride and nice. so i was going to talk about pride um and all of these are kind of interrelated so but we're gonna talk about pride next week so i i'm really looking forward to that i've already thinking about um we're going to talk about so i'm looking forward to that but dan this has been really fun and yeah. uh Lindsay will be doing the interviewing next week so that that'll be excellent yep so it should be fresh off vacation so be, uh should be good to go should we rest it up give me a run well, thank you very much jeff i appreciate the time and i appreciate uh, you allowing the spirit to use you to speak messages like we heard yesterday awesome thanks dan i appreciate you too buddy all right, all right. See you.